Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities and where real talk lives. Online at fcbradio.com. FCB. I pray to Lord, my soul today, that we won't stay, that we won't stay. All we got is us, no one can take that away. Yeah. So don't go stay, it's gonna be okay. I pray to Lord, my soul today. That we won't stay, then we won't stay. All we got is us, no one can take that away. So don't go stay, it's gonna be okay. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another JLTY Plus. I'm your host, Kira Davis. And as you know, this is a podcast where we take hot topics, hot button issues, and we break down the talking points of those issues and we draw those talking points all the way out to their logical conclusion. And one talking point that has been really popular and that I've talked about over and over again on this podcast is Chicago. 
Black on Black violence. What's going on in Chicago? We love to scapegoat Chicago, but we never really talk about what's behind what's going on there and how we can fix it. So I was challenged by a friend of mine on Twitter, Nicole, to, she wasn't challenging me personally, but she issued a challenge to actually speak to some of the people on the ground there on the south side of Chicago. And she said, you know, people should talk to this guy, Devin, of the south side GOP. And I said, Oh, my bad. I didn't even know there was a Southside GOP. So I was like, challenge accepted. Hook me up. Let's do this. So I'm so happy to introduce my guest today from the Southside GOP, Devin Jones. Devin, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm so, I'm, I'm great. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. No problem. I'm a big fan of yours. So, so Aww. for me, this is, this is an honor. So. Oh, that is so sweet. Well, tell us, <laughs> tell the audience about yourself, a little bit about yourself. So uh, my name is Devin Jones. Um, I just had a birthday, so I'm 36. I Happy turned 36 birthday. on the 17th. Thank you. Happy <laughs> <birthday>. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> so it was actually my birthday was on Martin Luther King Day this this year. Um, right. So uh, I get that every seven years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I actually started the Southside uh, Republicans. Um, so uh, in 2020 when I realized that the Republican Party had no apparatus on the South Side of Chicago. Um, I'm a US Navy vet, a former Catholic school teacher. Um, I, I left teaching um, because I adopted two of my students who were homeless, uh, and so they are now in college. Um, former Catholic school teacher, um, I studied for the priesthood for two years. Um, I've been preaching and doing politics since I was seven years old. Um, the two things you don't mix, uh, I've mixed my entire life. So, uh, you know, my, I, I just, I feel like my life is a, is a service to, to my people, you know, black people, obviously, and also the people of the South side of Chicago, regardless of race. So, um, everything that I've done has been to, uh, really fix where, where I live and, and to make sure that the gifts that, that have been given to me, um, other people get to, get to have those same opportunities. Well, you know, I always say on this podcast that one of the reasons I do politics is because I'm a Christian and because yes. I believe that the gospel of Christ goes hand in hand with the gospel of freedom. They're kind of the same thing. So if you're if you're defending freedom in a way, I feel like that's defending the gospel. So I don't find it that crazy, you know, that the pastoral set is in, is politically minded. I mean, obviously yes. there are tentacles that you don't you know there's complications that you you don't want to get involved in because it can get messy and it can get corrupted but sure if we look at I mean you just said you know I had this birthday on Martin Luther King Day and if we look at Martin Luther King and we look at all of the great movements in American history they're all led by men and women of faith so yes not a weird connection to me to me it makes perfect sense so thank yes. you for being in that battle and I'm really interested in, I mean, you just said a whole bunch of stuff you sit in your car and I don't want to like make you sit in your car for four hours. So I'm trying. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you are sitting on the South side of Chicago though, in your car. I feel safe right here okay. where I am on the South side. I okay, love it good. here. I know we have our issues, but you know, we all, we all know how to navigate uh, Chicago. This is my thing. So I told you when we were communicating, I said, oh, I'm from Gary. So we're going to have some stuff to talk about. Anybody from Southside Chicago knows Gary, knows what Gary My is. grandmother's from Gary. 
There you go. Scary Gary. And uh, I'm not really from Gary. I've married a man who was from there. And then I, I lived there. That's really where I that's where I became a conservative, to be honest. Wow. I was a liberal. Gary made me a conservative. And um, and my father-in-law was a pastor there as well. And I had a lot of involvement in the community, worked on school choice education. So that's what where my passions come from. But I would have people come from out of town to visit us and they go through Gary, which is pretty desolate, you know, uh-huh. it can be scary. <laughs> and they would say, I don't know how you live here. It, it, sometimes people would say it's irresponsible of your husband to like keep you guys here. And I would always say like, hey, I'm in more danger being somewhere where God doesn't want me than I am yes. somewhere where God does want me, you know, and this is where yes. I feel we're supposed to be. So I'd be in more danger if I moved to the cushy suburbs and that wasn't God's plan. But B, yes. the other thing is that if you're a part of the community, it's a lot less scary. Like I didn't walk around in fear. I wasn't dumb. Like I didn't go out at 2 a.m. or or even 5.30 when the crackheads were coming in from the night. Exactly. I didn't go out and do that. But, but, you know, it was, I knew my neighborhood gangbangers and I knew my neighborhood homeless people and I knew my neighborhood uh, parents and families. And when you're a part of the community, it gives you a different perspective. This is why I think it's so important for Republicans to start stepping in communities and becoming part of the communities because yes. it changes your perspective. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. A hundred percent. You know, it, it's not irresponsible to live in, in these neighborhoods. Uh, you know, one, this is not a country that was founded um, on running away from certain parts of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the colonists, when they were, when there was 13 colonies, they could have ran to the interior of the country and just let Britain have all that stuff. They didn't. They took a stance and they fought. They fought for, for their freedoms. And this whole idea of running to Texas, running to Florida, running here, running there. You know, my family came to Chicago from Mississippi for a better life. They, you know, they, they didn't run. Some of them stayed back there, but then other people came up here to send money back home and different things like that. And why would I give up the generational wealth that my mother, my grandparents, my father has created for me here just because there's a couple of bad elements that we could easily remove? So if somebody doesn't stay here, it's just going to perpetuate and we're going to keep creating bad elements in this city. We're going we're gonna to let them have what rightfully belongs to us. I feel the same way now that I live in California. I feel the same way, right? People tell me all the time, like, how can you still be there? Why, you know, it's a lost cause. And it's like, well, if I leave, and I'm not saying I'm against leaving, but again, where the Lord puts your feet, I don't, it's not really my choice. But if I leave, who's here to take up the battle cry? Who's here to, to sound the alarms? So I want to kind of dig into this idea, Devin, of you really taking on the responsibility of making a difference. Um, Because one of the things that bothers me, and I know it bothers you, it bothers a lot of us, especially those of us who are Black conservatives sort of trying to navigate the world in that respect, like being Republican slash conservative, but also being Black and how the, the, the media makes that dichotomy so stressful sometimes. But one of the things that bothers a lot of us is that there are a lot of well-meaning people out there who want to um, 
point out the hypocrite fairly enough of the yeah. hypocrites in the Democrat party of saying, well, you keep saying you're the ones that care about black people, but a hundred people were shot this weekend and in, in on the South side and you guys don't care. And I'm like, okay, but do we, you know, I get that that is happening and we'd be foolish to pretend that it's not, but what are the solutions? What are, yes. why is this happening? What, what, how do you feel as a resident of the South side and somebody who's involved in politics when you hear people bring that up that talking point? Uh, you mean as far as like the, the violence and stuff like that? or Yeah, like when people want to see like oh, Democrats don't care about black people. There's a hundred people shot this weekend. Republicans don't... don't either, though. So that that, you know, I mean, if I had to go through the if I had to show you the emails that I get just totally ignorant, you know, there, there's no stomach really for them to do anything on the south side. Um or the West side, those are the two places where black people are majority concentrated. Um, they have no stomach to do anything either. They offer no policy. I offer policy. There's a couple of us who offer policy, but the, their, their uh, whole notion here in Chicago is lock black people up. Now they don't say black people, of course, you know, it's always like the dog whistle. And I know that's a liberal word or whatever, but that, the reality is the Republican party in the United States and here in Illinois, in Chicago, their only policy is a response to what Democrats do. And so it's up to those of us who are black Republicans and who live in these neighborhoods to say, we know what's best for our community. So I don't look to the Republican party to do anything. I am a Republican party and I am the Republican party in my neighborhood. I'm a war committeeman. So by law, I am the Republican party in my ward. And so, you know, the motto of the Southside Republicans, which we borrow from. Hey, fam, it was this point that Devin's connection cut out and I, I lost him for a minute, but I didn't hang up. I waited to see if he would figure it out. And he did because he, if, as you can tell, he is a determined guy. So he went and found a space where he could sit down with a little more stable Internet and he called back. So let's take a break right now. And when we come back, we will get back to this very brilliant point that Devin was about to make. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. 
You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Darvio Kingpin Morrow, CEO of the FCB Radio Network and producer of this show, Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis. To the subscribers of this incredible show, first of all, thank you. Second, I want you to add another show to your podcast rotation, my show, The Outlaws Radio Show. We are an entertaining and informative show that talks about everything from pop culture to politics. Nothing's off limits. My co-host Robin O'Malley brings you the latest news and gossip in the entertainment world on our segment, Tea Time with Roe. My other co-host, Dante Bry, rants on political issues in our segment, Dante's Hot Takes. And also, we bring you some of the best interviews with people in the worlds of politics, entertainment, culture, and more. We're a lighthearted show that doesn't judge you for the way you vote, and we don't spend our time shoving media narratives down people's throats. If that sounds like the show for you, subscribe to the Outlaws Radio Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's O-U-T-L-A-W-S, the Outlaws Radio Show. Okay, so we had a little technical difficulty. Uh, Devin's sound went out. Um, I don't know what 5G is like on the south side, but <laughs> um, but, you know, fair is fair. That's fine. So Devin went and found a, a more uh, stable place to sit and, and chat. But I was really kind of ticked off because you were about to say something really profound <laughs> before <laughs> before because I was asking you about your response to the talking point of, mm -hmm. well, black on black crime, south side of Chicago. Now, I'm going to give you full disclosure, I have gone off on people over this issue before. You know, I have said, <clears throat> even as a, as a professional in this industry, I said, look, I don't want to see one more article about this unless you're going to give me some thoughtful yes. in this, yes. you know, give me an analytical stance on this. Don't just be like, see, look, those black people are animals. Yes. And Democrats don't care about those animals. We care about those animals, you know? 
don't be like that. Give me some substance. Give me something to chew on. Give me something to think on. Go find some people um, in the battlefield. Like, like, let's not be the regurgitators like the left is. Let's let's be thoughtful. Like, we're not going to ignore reality. That's dumb, but we we can be thoughtful about it. So you were starting to say something about the motto of the South Side Republicans and how that uh, reflects like your view of of this talking point. So it's fixed where we live, you know, and, and so we borrowed that model from another Republican group uh, in the suburbs, Homer Township, and we have a, a strong partnership with that. And so, you know, what I was saying was that we can't look to the Republican Party, the establishment, to give us policy. I wouldn't want that anyway. None of them come from our neighborhoods. They don't even do anything in their own neighborhoods. So, you know, not to throw, you know, pop shots at them, but that's the reality, at least here in Chicago, is that a lot of these Republicans who are in leadership, they are not doing anything that would make me want to come to them for policy. And, and so growing up in my neighborhood, I am who's best. Me and my neighbors are who's best to decide proper conservative policy. Um, and, and so, you know, the whole thing about fix where we live, it comes from Isaiah 58, 12, I believe. Uh, part of it's like repairing the breach and different things like that. And so that, that's how I live my life, but that's also how this, this organization um, operates. And so when I develop policy, I'm gonna go to a gangbanger and ask, why did you choose that lifestyle over another lifestyle? And how can we get you back on track? There's policy that comes with that. You know, when, when we talk about how a lot of black men on the South side of Chicago and the West side of Chicago have been thrust into, into poverty, um, they've been thrust into um, into almost like a criminality type of thing simply because of the gun laws here in Illinois. You know, we have we have insane gun laws here that, that say that you cannot exercise your um, Second Amendment right without going through all these weird processes and things like that. And so none of that has ever been corrected. So you get a gun charge. Just because, for instance, we have to have a FOIA card here, right? If you get caught with a with one round, like a bullet, one single piece of ammunition without that, you are considered a violent criminal now. Because you don't you didn't apply for the FOIA card. Wow. You know, you maybe you didn't know that you had to get a FOIA card. Maybe you don't know how to get a FOIA card. It's called a firearm, firearm owner identification card. Well, when you go to places like Indiana, Texas, Virginia, I, I, I was stationed in Virginia in the Navy, you just walk in, do the background check, you get a gun and you're open carrying right in Walmart. We can't do that here. And so you have a lot of people who just because they're trying to protect their families, do what a normal American does, they are now considered criminals. You can't get a felons. You can't get a job now. So the only thing that you can turn to is doing something illegal to provide for your family. What does that breed? Generational poverty generational dependence on government. It creates this whole system, which I believe is by design. And then the only thing that we can say is, well, you know, black people don't know how to, how to operate in American society. Well, that's because the law, everything is stacked against us and nothing is ever repaired. You know, in the state of Illinois, we legalized marijuana and then we supposedly developed this equity program, but the only people who have been able to open up legal marijuana um, institutions have been wealthy white people, mostly from California. 
So <laughs> what about, so the people who were selling it on the street, who know the customer base, they know the product, they obviously are good entrepreneurs because they were making some sort of living instead of normalizing them and bringing them fully into society by just giving them the licenses because we have so, uh, we, we have harmed them so much with these adverse laws. We just give it to the other people, keep them closeted up, you know, keep them as underlings in society and they're still getting arrested for selling street weed. Uh, you have, these are, this is a very illuminating. And I think part of the pushback that some somebody might say is, well, why are black people voting for this then? Because it's not, you right it's not you that's going out there and pulling the lever for this issue it's not you that's going out there and advocating for these weird gun control laws and um the republican party would advocate against those things so i'll ask you the question i get asked all the time and and now it's your turn but why why is it that black people vote keep voting for this and are are they to blame for voting for this if I showed you what my 2020 ballot looked like in the general election, where there were over 60 positions from judges, which is your criminal justice system, to um, state offices like state reps, state senate, um, to water reclamation district and things that, that no, most the average person wouldn't even know what they do. There were no Republicans on the ballot. And oftentimes it was Democrats running by themselves. For the majority, we had a we had a Republican presidential candidate. We had a candidate for Congress, for Senate, and I want to say for one other office. No judges. I couldn't even vote for a Republican judge if I wanted to. No judges. No water reclamation district. No state rep. No state senate. So everything from the state level and the local level is just saturated with Democrats. I don't even have an option. So even if I, and I didn't vote for these people, if it was a single person, I just didn't vote for that office. But when you look at the, the results, it'll say 100% for Democrats. Why? Because if there's 10,000 voters, only 1,000 vote for that single person, that's 100%. Then they do the demographics, oh, where there are Black people living in that district. But that's not our fault that we don't get another option. It's not our fault that the party does not come into my community. If I wasn't in the 18th Ward, there would be no Republican presence in the 18th Ward. That's 53,000 people that would have no one advocating for conservative policy if I had not have, if I hadn't have run for committeeman. And it's like that on down the list. If you go to Inglewood, which is the community just to the east of me, it's four wars in Inglewood, no Republican committeemen because the Republican Party doesn't do anything in Inglewood, in Roseland, in, um, on the west side, in Austin, in Garfield Park. These are all the neighborhoods. When they say the south side, these, these neighborhoods have names and these are people. It's not just, just some random entity getting killed. These are people. And the Republican Party has been deficient in actually coming into our communities and engaging us. And it's not just black people. Where I am right now in this office is the Mount Greenwood community, which is heavily Irish Catholic. They don't get anything from the Republican Party and they have a Republican commitment. So this idea that just black people vote 99% Democrats, it's not true. Only 35% of people showed up to vote. 
And of that 35, not all of them voted for those those unopposed races. Some people declined to actually vote. But all it takes is one person to put someone who's running unopposed back into office. And actually, it doesn't take any vote because they're going to win by default because we didn't show up to the table. So, so this idea of we don't engage Black people because they don't vote for us, you don't engage Black people because you don't want to engage Black people. If you gave us an alternative and not an alternative that tells us that we cannot live out our culture, that, that causes us to deny our heritage, an actual alternative to bad policy. You don't even have to add race to policy. The FOIA card law in the, in the state of Illinois is unconstitutional. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, there's a constitution, it's unconstitutional. You know, many of these laws are bad policies that they disproportionately affect us as black people. And if the Republican party would just come out and, and have an, an alternative to bad policy, that's a type of engagement. If we did voter registration, why am I the only committee man doing voter registration in black communities? Why am I the only committee man that, that, you know, that's, that's actually targeting people to give them something different? And so, so that, that's really the, the reason that black people are not voting for, for Republicans. It's not that we're not voting for Republicans. They just don't show up. They don't even exist to us. What yes, do I always say? What do I say, JLTY listeners? <laughs> Government goes to those who show up. Yes, yes. And that's yes. A, every time I get answers this, asked this question, that is the response I give. Government goes to those who show up. Yes. Now you just heard Devin say the Republicans have zero presence on the South Side. It's him for 53,000 people. So Imagine if we had 10 Devons. Imagine if we had 20, 25. Imagine if there were five Devons on the on the ballot for judgeships, you know, for yes. city council, for city positions, for municipal positions. Like there's so much that we sort of just concede because we don't we don't feel comfortable getting in there. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the comfort level of Republicans being in uh, urban settings. I know urban settings, we're talking about the black community, but it could really encompass a lot of other like minor, a mix of minority groups. Sure. But the point being that these, these are majority minority districts. And as black people, that's, we're going to address this as a black issue. Yeah. But so Republicans come in, I hear a lot from Republicans. I don't, we don't feel welcome. You know, we're scared, you know, or we feel like, we're just going to be rejected. So why try? Or if we can get enough votes from the base, we don't really need that vote. So we're not going to risk the, the rejection, right? Or risk the media humiliation of a rejection. There are a lot of Republicans who say, we just don't feel welcome there. So we go in there and we try and then we get treated like crap. So why would we keep going? You never tried. <laughs> that, that's my answer. You, you never tried. Oh, no, and, wait, and Devin, wait. I get this a lot, too. <laughs> Donald Trump gave, gave Black people every reason to come over to the right, and they still rejected him. So screw them. They can just live with it. Donald Trump gave people a reason to support Donald Trump, not to, not to be a Republican. And, and on the south side of Chicago, Donald Trump increased his vote in the second round while it was still a minority by 62 percent 
in my ward, because of Donald Trump, um, I think the Republican vote went up about 320%. I'll say because of Donald Trump and because of the, you know, I actually went out and engaged people. Sure. But, but so, so even though it's still a minority, it's these incremental steps that we have to take. Um, uh, part of the, the issue is that the, the Republicans, uh, especially here in Illinois, they don't really know how to organize. So you can't come to us every election cycle and then say Democrats only come around when it's time to vote, because that's actually what you do, too, if you even come around. Right. And so there's 365 days a year that are opportunities to evangelize conservatism. You know, if we are, we claim to be the party where all the Christians are, we're patriots, this, that, and the third. And so instead of using the rhetoric, the hashtags, and, and the slogans, we actually have to do those things. We have to put foot to pavement, wear out some shoes, and engage people. Maybe it's going to take 10 years. Maybe it's going to take a generation. The Democrats have been working for over 100 years to do exactly what they're doing right now. China has been, you know, if we go to international politics, you think of how China does a long game in order to win. Democrats do a long game. We work in election cycles, they work in life cycles. And we need to start doing that. If we really believe these things, so one person doesn't, doesn't you know, your message doesn't resonate to one person. Part of that could be what you're saying. See, there, there's not a lot of self-reflection of how am I relating this message to these people? You know, uh, I, I take the same Second Amendment um, whatever you could think of as a conservative or a Republican, I take it right out there, but I tailor it differently for every community. No one in my neighborhood is going to come out to an anti-mask rally. Why? Because they think people are nasty anyway. They're glad that people are wearing masks. So I'm not going to hit them on that. Right, but right. They're gun owners, they're property owners, they're business owners. Where can we find policy that resonates with them? I'm not coming out where oh, if you get the vaccine, you're going to go a third head. No one cares in this neighborhood. You know, it's your choice. So we got to go with some other things. School choice, for instance, it's, it's National School Choice Week. Um, we got an event tomorrow. All Black people leading it, Black Republicans. One of them is running for lieutenant governor. And the, the, the diversity that's going to come into that, Black schools, Hispanic schools, white schools, uh, homeschool co-ops and different things like that, it's going to be a packed house. So we can engage people, but we have to engage people where they are. Where they we have to engage is. people based on how they're living. We can't expect people to change just because it makes me comfortable to talk to you if I can say this. No, I need to be comfortable with who you are. Right. That's such a good point, because I think this is a one this is a perspective issue in the at the end of the day. And if you listen to my podcast, I talk about that a lot. I say perspective is everything. This is why right. as a as a black woman, like a black professional in this industry, I advocate for being purposeful, being being uh, assertive about going out and finding black hosts, black writers, black producers yeah. to add to your team. Conservatives hate that because they they think that that is pandering. But to me, I'm like, no, it's good business. What yes. you're doing is you're you're expanding your perspective, <clears throat> because when you're a part of a majority, and this is not a white thing, a black thing, and this is a human nature thing, 
when you are a part of a majority, you think that your perspective is normal, right? Your perspective is normalized. And so you can't even imagine that anyone else wouldn't be upset about masks, right? Everywhere where you are, like where you are, everyone's upset about it. You can't imagine that in the black community, this isn't an issue that is like percolating and, and, and causing like rage every day. There are other things that, that black people worry about that white people would be shocked to hear, yeah. you know, that, the, that these are their concerns or these are the, and some may seem silly, some may seem, you know, oh, elevated and, and they might be like, oh, I never thought about that way. But what you're talking about is adding perspective to the to the issues. Right. Yes. So that and, and a lot of conservatives will criticize that as playing identity politics. Your response? Hey, everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better's never been easier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Darvio Kingpin Morrow co-host of the Outlaws Radio Show. And if you haven't heard our show before, check out this clip. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken 
gets on television, I think it was three days ago now, three, four days ago, and, you know, basically declares victory, which is insane to me, but setting that aside and saying anybody who wants to come home, Taliban will work with us and they'll be, they'll be allowed to come home. So I got on the phone immediately after that press conference and I called the State Department and I said, okay, I have five people that I need out. This is who they are. This is their names, their ages, their gender, all that stuff. I have their passport numbers, the whole thing. I said, you guys just told the country that the Taliban will help them get out. So you tell me, what can I tell my people? And the answer was, tell them to hide, tell them to shelter in place, uh, and tell them to wait for the Taliban to open up the airport again so they can buy a commercial airline ticket to fly back home. That, to me, sounds like you're trapped. Subscribe to the Outlaws Radio Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's O-U-T-L-A-W-S, the Outlaws Radio Show, and FCB Radio Podcast. You know, I don't have a problem with identity politics. Thank you. I don't get like, let's just take race off the table, right? You are a female. You're going to have policy issues that are different than I have as a male. I'm a vet. I have issues that are different than your issues. When I was in the service, there were certain things that I wanted from the government because I was I belong to the government, if you will. Um, and, and so I, I, I think that to say that identity politics is bad, doesn't everybody have an individual identity? And, and if, again, we're the party that talks about God and Christ and Jesus all the time, we have an identity in Christ. So is it, shouldn't that be reflected somehow in the way that we develop policy, in the way that our neighborhoods operate? I live in the 18th ward. It's different than the 16th ward, which is majority Black, too. I don't want what they, I don't have the same policy needs that they need, that they have. So um, I don't, I don't see a problem with identity politics. It, again, it's fixed where we live, fixed where you live, which is different from where I live. And, and so it, it's only when it comes to minorities and specifically black people that everybody wants to say, oh, identity politics. No, I have issues and I want them addressed because this is my government. It says of, for, and by the people. Well, I'm one of those people. And the NRA is a civil rights organization, and that's an identity group, you know? Yes. Second Amendment supporters. We're, yes. we're fine when the identity group is you. Conservatives are an identity group. Mothers are an identity group. The unemployed are an identity group. And when you mention critical race theory, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Everybody has an identity, you know, people become real white or real black or real whatever they are when we mention critical race theory. So, you know, it, it's a it's it's false to say that we don't we don't all have we don't add identity into politics. And that's OK. Yeah, that, no, it's more than OK. It's it's natural and it's yes. a real realistic. And I often bring up, uh, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who said, yes. You know, when I when I go when I arrive or like when I go to the the Jews, I I eat like a Jew. I wash like a Jew. You know, I talk like a Jew. But but when I'm with the Greeks, you know, he he understood that culture matters. It's not that we all yeah we're all one in Christ, but we're not all uh, clones. (laughs) We have 
different needs and it's okay to speak to those needs. And I think that the, the, the Republican party, but more so conservative, just, just regular old conservatives, I yes. think have developed a distaste because the Democrats have been so aggressive on the issue mm -hmm. and it has made them feel like they need to take like the opposite, like the total opposite tact instead of saying, Hey, what works for the Democrats? You know, what is working for them? And I think that the other thing, Devin, that I think a lot of people think about when they think about Republicans going into the neighborhoods um, like the 18th Ward and making a dent is they're imagining sending white people in, right? They're imagining sending white Republicans in and they're like, well, we're, we can't go in. We're scared. And it's like, I'm not even going to criticize that because I'm going to be honest. And Gary, when we saw white people driving through Gary, it was like, you're either here for drugs or <laughs> you got lost. So we were always like suspicious of white people when they would yeah. show up in Gary. So I don't, I'm not saying like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be too harsh on people. I understand yeah. there's some validity to that fear, but it doesn't have to be white people. That is the thing. Republican and conservatives are thinking like in terms of sending in white armies and you have people on the ground right here, like you, that all they really need is a little bit of support. Yes. And a little bit of publicity. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and that's an excellent point. You know, they want to hear, they want to send in TPUSA. Right, to, right. Uh, and, and it's like, what? no, I wouldn't send them into a white neighborhood. <laughs> you no. know what I'm saying? Like, so, and, and that's really what it is. There's a couple of us here. It's not just me right now. Um, the Southside Republicans, we have, I have uh, gathered uh, former black Republican, and not just black people, but form, mostly former black uh, Republican committeemen. Some of them were actually kicked out of the party. So if you ever want to research the Lily White movement, it is alive and well in the Republican Party here in the state of Illinois. They're still doing the same stuff that they've been doing since the late 1890s. Um, that's a whole story which we could talk about if you got the time. Um, but uh, so, so I have field organizers in the empty wards that don't, so a ward is a city council district. So um, there's 50 of them in Chicago and then in suburban Cook County, which is the county Chicago is there, we have 30 some odd township committeemen. And so um, we, we had so many vacancies on the South side that I just developed a program to put field organizers in those places, in, in place of, of, of actual committeemen. So I was trained by Democrats. I went to the Congressional Black Caucus Leadership Institute. Um, I've gone to so many different organizing seminars and trainings, mostly from, from uh, Democrats, leftists, because they know how to organize. They know how to reach people and they do know how to uh, formulate policy. And because we don't have that on the right, I had to go get it where I can get it. I just changed the policy to things that, that are um, acceptable to us that, that we can actually stomach. So anyway, I have um, something, I wanna say I'm up to 10 field organizers and, and I've, um, I, I was able to get through uh, one ward committeeman appointment. I have four other appointments being held up um, and I'm being told that, that I'm not gonna get those appointments. So, um, uh, you know, th that's the type of stuff that we deal with here is that there are laborers who are ready to, to get out in the field and work, but, but there is no, there's no urgency in the party to actually put us out there. 
you know, they want the glory and they want the money. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. You can have the money, but we're coming for our people. And I don't just mean racially. I mean, geographically, you know, my neighbors, I'm coming for them because I want them to, to have the life that, that we are entitled to in the United States of America. You know, I'm coming for the people in Inglewood, Roseland, um, Bronzeville, the whole South Side and the West Side, because they deserve everything that I have as well. You know, they deserve a, a, a shot at the American dream and, and filling the Constitution. Um, and, and so that, that's just kind of how we operate, is that it would be nice to, to have that support. It would be nice for them to show up. But see, when they show up, they don't want to take a back seat. They want to define the narrative. I was just going to say, that's part of the problem, right? And that's, and that's just politics, period. Yes. So on top of dealing with these unique problems of, mm -hmm. of being Black in the Republican Party, there's the typical problems, which yes. are politics as usual, where somebody always has to get credit for something. Yes. And people are crawling all over each other to be the top of the heap so that I can put this on my resume. I can put this on my campaign uh, brochures and I can say, look at all the help I gave black people or look at all the things I did for yeah. this district or that. So you're just dealing with like this toxic combination of ego politics and racial politics. And it's just so difficult. And it's another reason why a lot of good men and women choose to. Yes to stay out of it. But I, I wonder, Devin, if you if you see any way that um, the GOP, the, and I'm talking about the national Republicans, um, if there's any, have you ever thought about ways that they could reach out to people like you or recruit people like you or create more people like you um, in enclaves all across the United States? Like, have you ever sat down and dreamt, like, you know, if I ran, <laughs> the party this is what I would do yeah um I think that uh so for the national GOP it would be hard for them yeah. because you know politics is local I think that what they should do is support grassroots people you know committee men who are actually working right now they they allow themselves to be tricked by people who are doing nothing. You know, it, it, it's almost like as long as I come in and I say I'm doing certain things, but you don't see it on the ground, you know, they, they really need to be a little bit more intentional about paying attention to if these people are doing what they say they're doing. Mm. If these state parties, when they were given money, did they actually go into the communities we gave them money to go into? You know, when it comes to these 501c4 organizations or C3s, um, names that I'm not gonna mention that we all know, well, when they came into these communities and had their whatever exit, did they actually go into the community or was it in a downtown enclave that the people from the community- um, that, Never know. That, 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 right. And, and so that, that's, that's what's at issue is that the national GOP just takes whatever is thrown at them and then these state parties, sometimes they'll just outright lie and say they're doing stuff that they're not doing. Or they'll come out and say, oh, we got a program. But they get the money for the program and then they never do anything with the program. It's on parties and, you know, the, the young Republicans get, get a huge party, but they never engage voters. You know, and, and, and really the national GOP 
should have like a month where they just say, you know what, we want to see voter registration drives in all 50 states and the, the territories where there's a, a Republican party. We want to see a, it's school choice week. I mentioned that the National Republican Party should say, this is what we want to see during this week from all of you. Mm-hmm. Have a contest, whoever, I don't know what you would, but make it competitive because I, I know that I'm going to deliver. <laughs> you know, I can't speak for everybody else, but, but they have to get, the culture is not a culture of work. It's a culture of reacting to Democrats. And that, that's never going to work. We're never going to out media them because they own the media. So we have to outwork them and out organize them. But right now we're not doing a lot of organizing. We're doing a lot of podcasting. No, you know, obviously no offense to you. I, hey. I, I, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? We, no, you know, I get it. Yeah. On Twitter and, and they just get in that world. You know, they want to listen to all of these other podcasts and, or, or yell at a, a, a school board that doesn't even have the authority to change the law that you're trying to get changed, you know? So we don't even know how to organize, who to go to. We don't know what we're doing. And, and so we spin our wheels and we're left confused and wondering why Democrats win every time. Yeah, it, it's, it, I think, I hope my listeners are hearing that this is actually a lot less complicated than it sounds. You know, at the end of the day, it is really just about showing up. And yes. I understand that, our communities can be so cloistered that they seem mysterious to people like they like they're you and I can't live our lives without going into a white community right we we have to already know how to navigate this majority world again that's just demographics but white people can go all day long all year long without having to set foot in a majority black anything again yeah. just demographics but it changes your perspective correct but like I know we talk a lot, we talk a lot about the ills of urban life, the hood, the ghetto, whatever you want to call it. But we never talk about all the good people that are there and it's filled with good people. You know, I mean, the 10% that are the rabble rousers, it's just that their rabble rousing is very disruptive. You know, it it is, it is very painful, but it's 10%. Most of the people would just prefer to be living their lives safely, you know, and and they have the same concerns that every American has. And I feel like the Republican Party wants to make it too complicated sometimes. What do you feel like when you talk to your constituents and you talk to your neighbors, what are the issues that you see are concerning them the most? Sure. So I live in a um, I, I live in the number one majority black ward in the city. And what I mean by that is uh, census participation, home equity value, um, business ownership, uh, uh, annual household income. We are at the top of the list of of the 18 black wards that are in the city of Chicago, majority black wards. Um, We are also one of, we we were featured in the New York Times. I think it was the New York Times back in 2000, 2001 as a model of integration. Um, for for the nation. Chicago's a very segregated city uh, by and large. And so um, so just just to give you the backstory on that, to talk about how successful the 18th Ward has been um, as a majority Black ward, they're, um, they're, they're homeowners. We're homeowners. So our main issue is property taxes. 
after that, and, and really even before that, is the, the poor education system in Chicago. The 18th Ward is a middle-class Black neighborhood um, followed by Hispanics and then uh, white people are, you know, third. Um, everybody's issue is school choice. That, that, the, that we, and we have the money to pull our kids out of these public schools and take them other places. But why should we have to pay property taxes to that institution when they're striking here and they don't want that, they need an air condition. You know, it's like if, if a kid drops a crumb on the, on the floor, the Chicago Teachers Union is ready to strike. And so that's, a, that's an issue for the black people in this neighborhood. Mm. That's not unlike the rest of conservatives with the public school system. Um, a lot of people are small business owners. Their issue is that it's so complicated to get the proper licensing. It costs a lot of money. If, if I told you the hoops that these businesses have to jump through and the licenses on top of licenses, taxes on top of fees that they have to pay to the city, the county, the state in order to operate, it's killing them. Oftentimes before you even open the door, you've already paid 10 and $20,000 to the government. Well, that might've been what you were gonna make that year, you know, in the first year of a business. So, so these people are already at a deficit, especially when black people tend to not have generational wealth because we kind of just started out in this country, what, after 1970, where we've been able to really be integrated into the economy. So um, their issues are education, uh, property taxes, taxes in general. Um, crime is up there, but it's, it's not as bad in my neighborhood as it is in other places in the city. But again, the crime element is because it's so expensive to live here that people are thrust into poverty, mixed with the fact that we do not have the same constitutional rights as everyone else, starting with the Second Amendment. Mixed with the, the lackadaisical education system. Yes. Which, yes. yeah, it's like this toxic soup. Yes, that's all integrated, up. all of that's this right. stuff. That's yes. right, and that's the problem here. You pull one thread yes. and the whole thing starts to unravel, right. which is why Democrats never want you pulling at the threads. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And it is complicated. And this is what I always tell people. I end up telling this to Democrats more so, actually, because so many of my liberal, I don't want to say liberal, my liberal friends are cool, but like progressive, like far yeah. left progressives yeah. uh, will be like, you know, they, they talk to me as if my needs and wants are different from theirs or as if black people, the way they really do look at black people as sort of a different species. Like yes. they wouldn't ever say it. Yes. Right. But they do like they pat us on the head and then they're yes. like, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, isn't it so bad for you guys? I feel for you. That's why I'm voting for Hillary, because we really have to do something for black people. And and it's like, you know, I have the same desires you do. I, I you know, the, that black single mother in the hood that you look down on has the same desires as you do. Yes. Yes, she would like a stable home and a good like relationship so she can raise her kids in comfort. She would like to own a home. She would yes. like to get her degree. She would like to yes. open a business without having to, like as you say, uh, somehow magically without resorting to crime, come up with $20,000 to pay off, you know, the, the, to pay off the bribes to the state that you need yes. to open your business. She wants her kid to go to a peaceful school. We don't love 
these ridiculous public schools. You're talking about my mom, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that everything you just said was my mother, is my mother. So um, yes, you are, you're right. You know, I went to private school. I'm, I'm a, a school, I'm a, a product of school choice. My parents were originally married. They got divorced. She raised me by herself, worked three jobs. She was a Cook County Sheriff deputy, law enforcement. Wow. So back to blue, all of this stuff, I check off every single box, military vet, you know. Um, so you're right. There's no difference in what we all want because the, it's just natural human nature. You know, yeah. these are normal human things. And so we do. So if there was one thing when it comes to identity politics, stop looking at us just as Black people. Recognize that we are Black. Sure, recognize yeah. certain things. Yep. But recognize that I'm a human being, so I have to breathe oxygen and eat food just like you do. That means I need a grocery store, right? That means I don't want pollution in my neighborhood. That means I don't want the bad stuff that you don't want either. You know, I want everything that you want and I deserve everything that, that you have. So help, if, if I don't know who the right politician is or who the right person is, teach me. You know, that, that's where that coming into the neighborhood comes in teach people, you know, but not in a pompous way. Like we, we've been doing it out here this way and we're better than you right. come in, do voter registration, show a person. You don't even have to talk about politics as the Republican party. We have lawyers, we have business owners, we have doctors, just like the left uses all of their people for a common goal. Why are our lawyers not coming in and helping to fight some of these unjust parking tickets? Thank you. Why are our, our you know, the, the teachers, the retired teachers not coming in and tutoring these kids, mm -hmm. business owners not coming in and hiring these kids as interns or whatever the case may be to take them out of that, not take them out of their neighborhood, but pull them into an environment where they learn something that they can take back to their neighborhood, create generational wealth, which will then flow out. It'll benefit us all. Every time we have a violent neighborhood, that means the neighborhoods around it are not going to thrive. And that's that that cancer is going to grow every time we have a disinvested neighborhood that cannot open businesses that can't own property for itself. That's going to grow. Those people will have children and those children will be thrust into generational poverty and that cancer will grow. So why are we not doing what we need to do to fix that, to literally fix where we live? Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. 
You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y-50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y-50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y-50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, family. I'm Bruce Hagens. And I'm Rashima Hagens. And we are The Hourglass. Our show is an entertaining and informative podcast examining life, love, relationships, and more through a Christian perspective. So join the family. Subscribe to The Hourglass, an FCB radio podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you just said something that, per- that perked me up because I am a huge school choice advocate, have been since... Well, that's really the issue that made me a conservative mm-hmm. um, when I was in Gary. And um, and you said you went to private school. You you know, you exercised that school. So you had the choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And and this is where you are. You're, you're an educated man. You're you're a vet. You uh, you're serving your your community. Um, you're you're successful in, in the endeavors that you've done. Uh, my producer, Darvio, is the same way, right? He was raised in, in Cleveland, like an inner city area. His parents broke the bank to send him to private school. Now, it made them poor, but they said, well, we're going to take this risk on this end yes. so that maybe on the other end, he'll have choice. And that's and that's why he's a big school choice advocate, because yes. he's like, they shouldn't have had to make that choice. They yes. pay taxes. I should have just been able to go. to, But the but the result is two independent thinking young men who yes. are now going into community, not walking like progressive zombies, but going <laughs> right. in and going, hey, um, I want a piece of the American dream. Yes. I can have it. You can have it too. Here are the things that support the American dream because I yeah. learned this growing up. It's your second amendment. It's your first amendment. It's your your access to you know a, a legal representation. It's your access to um, property ownership. Like these are values that, that the progressive left doesn't teach, not only do they not teach, 
they're anti those things because there's a Marxist element over there. So private and individualism, you know, it doesn't fly on that side. So that's what they sell black people. But when black people actually get a real education, they came up, they come out like you. (laughs) They come out like you. So part of the thing is like, I have never understood why the Republican Party has not grabbed the school choice issue and made it their number one platform. If you want to create more Devin Joneses out there, You do it by making sure as many minority children as possible get to go to the schools of their choice and see how other people live. Yes. You know, it's funny that school choice is is actually what brought me to the Republican Party, because growing up in Chicago, we didn't have there was no Republican Party that I knew of. So the first campaign I ever worked on at 18 was a Democrat. He was the most conservative Democrat I could find, but I didn't know the different. I didn't. I what my mind wasn't on like conservative and right. liberal. Yeah. It was just on policy. And so um, when I when I graduated from from college and I became a, a Catholic school teacher, I actually started a not for profit where I would raise money to send. I, I taught in one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago at a Catholic school. I taught theology and Latin. It was the only Latin program. Um, on the south side of Chicago in the Black Catholic school system, in the Black Catholic schools. And so um, I used to take my kids to Springfield so that they knew how to lobby legislators. Mm. I would raise money for that. When I was raising money, I would teach them how not-for-profits work. I would teach them the the principle, even though I was just theology and Latin, I would teach them all of these other principles. And I never once saw a Republican party that supported it. I, it just, it was, they were so absent and it never even occurred to me to walk up to the downstate Republicans and get support from them because they, they just weren't there. But, but school choice is one of the vehicles to get people on our side. I'm going to be honest, the other, the other vehicle is if, if Republicans would actually acknowledge the Black history that is so intertwined into the Republican Party, Ida B. Wells is from the South Side of Chicago, Second Amendment journalist. You know, um, uh, I could just go on and on. The, the, there's so much Black history. There's so much Hispanic history, so much Asian history in the Republican Party. And so, so capturing these ways of, of identifying with people we need to do. It's not pandering. It's acknowledging our history, our real history, which is not the Confederate statues. Our real history are Frederick Douglass, Ida B. Wells, Booker T. Washington. That's our history. And, and, and spreading that forth, spreading good policy forth, that's how we, we communicate with, with these different people. Well, Devin, I could keep you on this call all day. We could have uh, so much more to talk about. So maybe if if you would maybe come back on at a few at a future time and anytime you want me break down more <laughs> stuff but in the meantime um we have going on there in the 18th ward do you have any projects in the works or are you, you have any uh any uh policies or concerns that you're working on now what's happening and then uh, also tell people where they can can find you find out more about you tell people about some of your needs too if i have listeners that can meet your needs make sure you get that in. Well, first and foremost, if people are interested in donating, um, I, I'm really bad at asking for money, but I know that it's needed. 
Um, if, if you are interested in tithing to the Southside Republicans, um, you can uh, email me at uh, 18th Ward, so it's 18th Ward, W-A-R-D, at southsidegop.org. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Devio, D-E-V-I-O. The Southside Republicans are on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, at Southside GOP. We have a website, which is southsidegop.org. Um, you can, so some of the things that we have coming up is School Choice Week. Um, so we're doing a big rally uh, to promote school choice, which is homeschooling, homeschool pods, Catholic, private, parochial schools. Um, all of our events, we offer um, FOID card, that, that fire owner identification card. We offer that registration at all of our events. We offer voter registration at all of our events. Um, and anytime you see me, I have voter registration information on me. So um, if you live in the state of Illinois, I can register you uh, wherever you are. Um, for Black History Month, we are uh, promoting Black businesses. So three times a week, we will promote three businesses in those majority Black wards. Um, we do, we help small businesses. This is an ongoing program. We help uh, small businesses in the Chicagoland area uh, navigate the American, the, the, the corrupt system that we have in Chicago. So whether it's getting licenses from the liquor licenses to the business licenses, et cetera, we help them do all of that. We help homeowners appeal high property taxes. Mm. Um, we have a ticket program where we actually help the residents of Chicago appeal tickets if they feel that they have been unjustly ticketed. Um, we are recruiting 5,100 election judges for the city of Chicago, Republican election judges. We're also looking for over 2,000 poll watchers. So um, if, you, if you're listening from the state of Illinois, you can be a poll watcher. If you're listening from the city, the county of Cook, you can be an election judge and I can make that happen again. Just email me 18th18thward uh, at southsidegop.org. Um, so every month we do voter registration. We have a barbershop politics series, which we do twice a month, where we literally just sit in the barbershop and uh, talk politics with the people there. Um, and so that's going really well. Uh, we have stuff going on almost every week. So the best thing to do is follow us on social media, Southside GOP, or, or myself at Devio, and, um, and shoot out an email. Yeah, I like it. I, <laughs> I see even you just saying that I'm like, oh, okay, I, I have one more thing we can talk about for 40 more minutes, but I, you, know, <laughs> you just pointed out something. I, I just want my listeners who would, who don't normally get a chance to hear from someone like Devin to understand the importance of what he just said. He said they have a program for helping people appeal their tickets. Now, someone who has lived in the ghetto and now lives in the cushy suburbs I can tell you that that there is a difference. Police will go, and this happens here, uh, just in LA, even like police will go to LA and ticket people egregiously because they know those people have no defense and they're not going to put up a fight. The, yes. Half the people are illegals, you know, and they don't want to get 
mixed up with the, the, the law. Half the people don't have the money to get mixed up the law. And, and all of them, like none of them know what their rights are when right. it comes. And so cops, when they have to make their quota, and I'm not even like accusing cops of being terrible people. I'm just saying the system, they have to make a quota every week yes. for parking tickets, for speeding violations. They don't go to the rich neighborhoods because guess what? Rich people know their rights and rich people won't put up with this BS. Correct. You know what I mean? We, I live in a neighborhood full of Karens and the sheriff does not want to deal with Karen. So the sheriff is not <laughs> going to ticket Karen's car. He's going to give her a warning. I was speeding and I crossed a double yellow line the other day on my way to Fox. I missed my, <laughs> my hit on Fox because <laughs> I got pulled over and I was like three blocks from the studio. It was really embarrassing. I had to like call the producers like, I'm not going to make it. But that I was in Orange County and that officer was so kind to me and so nice to me. And he was like, hey, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to ticket you for this. I'm going to give you a warning and just, you know, go and get like my right. Oh, I'm my registration was expired. Devin, I really am actually a responsible. <laughs> I promise. I was just having a bad day. <laughs> he said, just go get your registration fixed. And then when you get it fixed, take it into the sheriff's office and they'll like strike this off the record. If I was in L.A. County, there's that's not going to happen. He's yeah. going to assume that I'm from some neighborhood where I, I don't have the knowledge of what I can do to protest this ticket. So he, that's easy. And when you protest a ticket, the cops got to show up to court. The cops got to take time out of his schedule. So a lot of cops don't want that. Since this is little things that people don't even know. That makes no let, let, I, And I know you were you were trying to close up, but I got to say something on this. Please, on this please do. Yeah. It, it's so corrupt in Chicago that we don't even get tickets from cops anymore. We have red light cameras. We have speed cameras. Mm -hmm. um, but also the Department of Finance for the city of Chicago has ticket agents that literally walk up and down the block. And they ticket people sometimes whether they actually deserve the ticket or not deserve the ticket. And so our appeals process in the city of Chicago is an administrative process. And typically you'd have to take off of work. So if you're a single parent, you don't have the time to take off of work. If you're an hourly employee, who's taking off of work to go way to the other side of town to try and appeal a ticket? You're just gonna let them pile up until your car is booted or towed. And so um, we've, we've actually successfully appealed 50 tickets which doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot. It, it's not an easy task to appeal tickets in the city of Chicago. Wow. And, and all of those tickets were done without having to go to court. See, people don't even realize that you can write in if you have the proper narrative to appeal some of these tickets. And so that's what we try to do. Um, speaking of tickets, one of, the, one of the policy issues that we have is that the red light camera program here in the city of Chicago in the state of Illinois is corrupt. We have legislators that put these cameras up and they get kickbacks from the, the tickets. So of course they want you to go one mile over the speed limit and right. get $100, $150 speed. Wow. You know, so, so it's just, if you think of any progressive policy across the country, it started out right here in Chicago. I can guarantee it. Or here in California. Well, <laughs> but even them, they get their progressive policies from the University of Chicago, which is like the Vatican of, of progressivism. So, you know, I, and I know you said you wanted to end it, but, you know, we could go on 
We for really like, could. Three hours. <laughs> <laughs> we really could because there's so much here, but I just want people to, and you know, Devin, I'm definitely going to have you back, especially since we're heading into election season. Yeah. You know, I definitely think you'll have more relevant things to, to say and we, there, sure. there'll be some topics to come up, but this is what I wanted to point out people. It's, it, it's not just about the big ticket items. It's not just about the big things where we can make a difference. Like, oh, if we can go in and get more fathers to stay with their family and <laughs> then everything can be solved. I mean, that you look, I'm an advocate for the family, you know, obviously. And as, and as a Christian woman, you know, I right. understand that that is a structure that supports thriving, but it's not just that there are these little things yeah. that you think about, you think black people are voluntarily choosing ignorance and choosing crime and choosing poverty or choosing to, you know, make poor decisions that lead to poverty and, idiots are everywhere so those people definitely exist in our community yes. but there's a lot of it that it's just like you're 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 drowning under the weight of this bureaucracy yes and you don't have and yes. you've gone to public school your whole life so you don't have the education to fight this bureaucracy and you're stuck and there's and democrats aren't going to help you against the law because democrats are the law they yes. save the law so you're just alone yes you're just yes alone. yes I hope that these people are listening to you because I I mean, you are you are on point and preaching the truth. So yeah, okay, Devin, let's get off. <laughs> let's get off. We are going to uh, we are going to definitely definitely reconnect. I want to thank our mutual friend Nicole for challenging me to reach out to you, and I'm glad I did take out the challenge. And I'm sorry I didn't know you were there before, but no, that's I, okay. I know you're there now. And if there are other listeners out there like Devin who are running programs like Den Devin's running and, and working in their communities, you can always reach out to me at JLTY, uh, JLTY at protonmail.com. And of course, Devin is 18th Ward, right? Yes. 18th Ward uh, at southsidegop.org. Correct. Um, and then I'll also tweet out his stuff when when this episode comes out. But there's a lot of work left to be done. This is what I was saying. I wrote this article uh, the other day after the that crazy weekend of football games, Devin. <laughs> I don't really watch football. I mostly go to the bar with my husband to watch him cry over the bears. <laughs> <laughs> That's mostly my like football experience. <laughs> watching the sadness of my husband every season like the hopefulness and then the and it just crashes yeah but I was engaged with these games this weekend and I was saying how you know when the when the Tom Brady team I don't know who he played like when Tom Brady's team was losing to the Rams I remember thinking like oh my gosh I feel bad for Tom Brady because he's got this legacy and there's people going to be hating on him that he lost this game. They're going to be so glad he's not the Super Bowl. And I almost feel bad because he's such a hard worker. And, and, um, and, but this game is surely over. And then I, when I came back, you know, it had become a dead heat. <laughs> and then I watched, of course, the Chiefs and Bills game and that, yeah. uh, you know, how that story went. And I remember looking at the screen and thinking, wow, the Bills are going to pull this out. And then watching it, the moment the camera was fixed on Patrick Mahomes and he's sitting there and you can see like he, when that they scored that touchdown, he didn't cry. He didn't go. He was like, okay, more work to do. Yeah. You no. Know? And a lot of us are sitting 
on the on the sidelines thinking that the clock has timed out and there's no way that we can make any plays to come back. And Devin is living proof that there's a ton of plays left on the field yeah. to be made yeah. if we're willing to get in the game. Yes. Yes. This is a chess game. Yes. And we there's there's always a way out until there really is not. Um, and there will come a day where there might not be a way out of this situation. But if we don't get our heads in the game now, if we just give up now, I, I mean, it, there will be no hope. So the day that the day that there is no hope is the day that the United States of America collapses. Correct. So we can pray together that that does not happen. But when we have declared that there's no hope left, that means this republic is over and we're going to have to try to move on to something else, whatever else is in God's plan. But right now, as crazy as things are, the republic is still in our hands. There's still plenty of work to be done and there's still plenty of good people out there willing to do it. So get your head out of your asses. Yes. Get out there, put your boots on. Y'all Republicans love your bootstraps. Pull them up. Get out there. <laughs> All right, Devin, yes. thank you so much. Thank you so much. God All bless right. you. All right, you too, Devin. And if you need me for anything, you you reach out. You have my number now. You have my email. If you need yes. anything from me, you reach yes. out. Okay? Got you. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye. I pray the Lord, my soul today, that we won't lose faith and we won't lose faith. All we got is us, no one can take that away yeah. So don't lose faith, it's gonna be okay I pray the Lord, my soul today That we won't lose faith, and we won't lose faith All we got is us, no one can take that away yeah. So don't lose faith, it's gonna be okay The FCB Radio Network First class broadcasting worldwide With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.